All righty. Hi everybody, Timothy here. It is September 8th, 2022. We are out for another day of plane spotting slash aircraft spotting. I did a long video on YouTube on Saturday evening. Uh, we may do another one of those in the future. But for now, we are doing an audio broadcast here via our wonderful Anchor platform. Uh, we will have next to no editing at all uh, on this particular episode of the podcast. Just make it live and as unedited as possible. So thank you for joining us for this episode of the Brother Timothy Clark podcast. It is uh, almost almost 6 o'clock, probably about 10 till 6 uh, in the evening. Yeah, uh, 544. Uh, so just a little bit more time before uh, 6 o'clock in the evening here on this beautiful 8th of September evening. <clears throat> it is a Thursday here in New Florence, Pennsylvania as we record this file. We will hopefully have this uploaded to the podcast sometime tonight or early tomorrow morning. I always look forward to making a podcast episode because, especially one in which I barely edit, because <laughs> I, I tell people all the time there's just so much ambience, so much ambience, and uh, that, when it, that within itself can be a blessing to somebody. Maybe you're somebody who cannot get outside. Uh, you know, you're hindered for for whatever reason. And the Lord knows uh, whatever that reason might be. And then so hearing the outside noises uh, can be even so a blessing for individuals. We had very little air traffic uh, that came through here today. Uh, there was maybe two or three aircraft uh, which came through today. Nothing major, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, we didn't have any medevacs coming through today. And as I've said before, not to weird anybody out, but I really enjoy those those uh, uh, medevac flights. Not because you know somebody's in need that that's just horrendous. But I've I've always liked the uh, 
sounds of those rotor blades cutting through the, the air. The sounds of those uh, rotor blades cutting through the air is a, a beautiful sound indeed. And not every helicopter does that actually. Many of them do. A lot of the uh, news choppers do. I know the uh, Hughes does. Many of the Hughes uh, helis. Those, those, those were something else back in the day. The Bells, they do it. Airbus helicopters, uh, not so much. Not so much. They can, uh, but many of them these days don't. And it's all in cutting down on noise pollution. I remember hearing a uh, a, uh, a joke where this uh, aircraft is at thirty thousand feet, and. Uh, Air traffic control calls him up and says, uh, you need to raise your altitude to 40,000. We're getting noise pollution complaints. And uh, pilot comes back and says, well, I'm at 30,000. Can't be making too much noise up here. Air traffic controller comes back and says, well, tell that to the Boeing that's just like 10 feet below you. So, that, uh, Noise pollution. <laughs> what can I say? I mean, you know, some people have a sense of humor based on aviation. I know I do. And many people just don't get it. I mean, I guess, I guess my humor is just too plain. Nonetheless, beautiful night. Beautiful night indeed. A little bit hot when you go into the sunshine. Uh, I don't have much hair on the top of my head, so where people would go, oh, well, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. For me, it's like, well, it's nice, but it's also sometimes torturous because when that sun shines down on your bald head, those of you who have no hair on your head know exactly what I'm talking about. And the trick... You know, a lot of people say, oh, we'll just wear a hat. Well, the problem is many hats will actually conduct heat. And again, those of you who have a bald head will know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, so, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where you're, you're either able to um, overcome that Or you can't. Sorry if you got just a little bit of handling noise there. I was moving my... I was changing the... Uh, volume on the uh, Rexon just a little bit. Turning it up just a tad. Uh, and in order to do that, I had to switch hands on the phone. And in order to change hands on the phone, uh, you had a... 
little bit, nothing, nothing major, hopefully, but uh, a little bit of handling noise if you got any at all. There's a uh, brickyard flight. I believe those are, um, like, you know, you see your um, <clears throat> Republic Air flights. Um, I think the brickyard flights are, oh boy, I'm not even sure what the brickyard flights are, actually. Republic Airlines has a, um, a thing that they do. I'm uh, not sure if those are the Brickyard flights or what. Uh, I never really looked up the, the the Brickyard flights. At one point I knew what they were, but uh, there comes a point when there's so many different types of calls that one call, uh, in this case the Brickyard call, uh, just kind of like escapes your mind. You know it, but you can't think of it. Well... That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, was that 36 or 46? I think, thir- yeah, 3644. 4644. 4644, okay. So you can go on any number of your flight tracking apps. Uh, it doesn't really matter which one, 4644 Brickyard. So you just go in there, Brickyard 4644. You go in there. And any number of your flight tracking apps, uh, FlightAware, FlightRadar24, PlaneFinder, these are the top three um, flight tracking apps that I recommend. FlightRadar24, FlightAware, and PlaneFinder. Those are my top three. So, anyway, you go on any, any number of these uh, aircraft tracking apps, if you punch in Brickyard 4644, you ought to see the uh, aircraft. Of course, though, they have them abbreviated. Just look for 4644. <clears throat> in uh, probably about 45, 50 miles of Harrisburg. Just kind of look that up. It's probably west of Harrisburg. And you should find the aircraft. I, I want to say those are um, RPA, Republic Air. Republic Airlines, I want to say that the Brickyard flights are those. But I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Doesn't really matter. Clear direct codes are air shuttle. Air shuttle. Uh, I remember when I would hear air shuttles like once a month. And I'm like, these things are kind of cool, right? You know, they're kind of reminiscent, like, every time I hear the word shuttle, you know, I think of the space shuttle program ended in, what, 2012, 2011? Uh, I, I, I just think of the space shuttle programs, and, uh, program, and, uh, 
now it'll have the uh, space shuttle program so when I hear air shuttle that's what I think of but anyway I said I used to only hear them like once every month or whatever now I'm hearing them well it seems like once a week uh so I don't know if air shuttles are becoming more of a thing. If they're becoming more and more popular. I don't know. But those are air shuttles. Could just say if I want to be facetious that every passenger jet is a air shuttle. <laughs> You know, it, it shuttles you back and forth via air. So, you know. I mean, I'm technically not wrong, am I? I mean, after all, it shuttles you back and forth via air. I mean, I could just say, hey, uh, you know, <clears throat> Boeing 737-800... Uh, twin jet air shuttle it's shuttling people back and forth so I don't know maybe maybe my logic is just a little a little skewed there you know I don't know but I will say this we are having fun on this wonderful evening of plane spotting uh I said in the video that was live on Saturday night that uh, it's a pretty plain evening. And uh, I'll say the same thing here because uh, we're playing out of planes. Somebody out there will find my play on words and music. I, I think maybe somewhere <laughs> and if you do email me or send me a message uh, somehow <clears throat> see if your humor and my humor is compatible You know, maybe, maybe at that point, you know, you can strike up a friendship. Especially if you're a born-again believer in Christ, you know, then there's that in common too. So, friendships can be built on all kinds of different things. But a friendship that is not focused, centered on Christ is a friendship that uh, I'd be very wary of. That being said, though, you can have friends that are not believers, but you got to be careful of their vices. Now, be careful, you know, that you're not being sucked into their ideologies and the like. Their ideas of fun, oftentimes more than not, will lead you down a, a uh, spiritually dark and disastrous road. There's no place to be. 
for a born-again believer in Christ. That being said, though, if you are able to be a positive influence, then keep that up. But just remember, you have limitations. You're you're human. Don't fail God to make that person happy. Stand upon the biblical principles, morals, and values that His Word and His Holy Spirit has instilled in you. Do not grieve and do not quench the Spirit. Oh, we're probably going to get a good bit of uh, walking in tonight. In the video, I did the lawn chair edition of uh, <clears throat> plane spotting. Thought about doing that here, but I don't know where I'd want to set up. We don't need Wi-Fi tonight. We don't need data tonight. So, well, I mean, we will we will need data and or Wi-Fi to identify any aircraft that fly over. But in terms of actually, um. In terms of just being out here and walking and enjoying our evening, yeah, we don't need uh, Wi-Fi or data for that. I was talking to a group of uh, plane spotters the other day, and uh, I said, hey, are you guys using data or Wi-Fi? Because they were broadcasting live on YouTube. And the woman, because it was husband and wife, the woman says to me, Oh, well, we're, we're using our cellular data plan. It really does add up, though, unfortunately. And, uh... 10 degrees right, I said, what, doesn't the Florida airport have uh, Wi-Fi? And <laughs> she said, well, if it has Wi-Fi, we're not privy to the info for it. Like... Some of these airports have dedicated dedicated plane spotting observation uh, system set up. And it would be nice if these airports that have those, and unfortunately there's not a whole lot of them in in, uh, in the United States Uh, but there's a lot of airports that are just like okay well you know what if you want a plane spot plane spot Uh, you know the the stipulation is usually don't be in anybody's way right and while you're at it have a form of ID with you Have a form of ID with you when you're out plane spotting, if you're at an airport. Now, what I'm doing, I don't have any 
form of identification on me. Uh, because I'm not spotting from an airport. I'm spotting from public sidewalks within 15 miles of the nearest major airport. So I'm, I'm literally spotting from my home neighborhood. So definitely no need for, you know, any of that for me. No need to be wearing the orange shirt. Um, the orange shirt is, you know, so as aircraft and the light can see you. Um, and the orange shirt's only a suggestion, by the way. It's not a requirement. But I've heard from several spotters, they say, you know, if you're going out to an airport, definitely bring a form of ID. You know, they have that on the um, <clears throat> plane spotters. Um, what is it? Plane, plane spotter.net or whatever it is. Bring ID. And they, they oftentimes will tell you, you know, wear orange. It doesn't have to be a shirt, even if it's like a hat or something. Wear orange. And uh, some of them will tell you, you know, have, have water with you. I think the plane spotting guide tells you to have water with you too. Not a requirement though. But you do want to stay hydrated. They tell you, you know, bring bring some kind of a, a snack with you. Again, not, not a requirement, but, you know, you do want to be uh, hydrated and fed, so. The only, real the only real requirement when plane spotting in an airport, the only real requirement... <clears throat> is have some have some form of identification on you and if you're going to be anywhere near the uh, tarmac wear a color that'll stand out i guess orange is that uh color so and then you know depending on the type of plane spotting that you want to do i mean you know, a lot of guys are in it for the photos and the videos. But for me, I'm into it for the audio. So for me, it would be a matter of bringing a good audio recorder. But I also want to hear the communications from the aircraft. So I, I have a radio in my plane spotting kit. <clears throat> or aircraft spotting. I've said it before, I prefer the term aircraft spotter, but, you know, the term plane spotter is kind of growing on me, too, just because, you know, when you research plane spotting, you find out that they are actually spotting all kinds of different aircraft, but they just call it plane spotting because planes are primarily what fly in the sky, and that's simply a fact. Go back to 250, Frontier Flight 1462. 1806. Six minutes past six o'clock in the evening, and we are K 
continuing to enjoy our night out spotting. I recently bought, changing gears here, I, I recently bought a cable that is female XLR on one end and USB on the other end. We're going to be having on a later episode of the podcast is we're going to be hearing from my Sennheiser E835 and that is a dynamic mic whereas the microphone on the iPhone or I should say microphones on the iPhone is a uh, condenser so you won't be hearing as much background noise with a dynamic but depending on the volume that we hear from say you know a medevac chopper because those things are usually loud we may be able to uh, since dynamic microphones are more directional than condensers what we may be able to do is to try to point the microphone to the source to the source of the noise right that'd be interesting again though it will definitely be a depleted uh, sound but when it comes to a more filled out vocal sound you'll you'll have that so you're kind of mixing you're you're kind of mixing things up here a little bit because with dyna- with condenser microphones you know right now you're hearing that train and you're probably hearing it nice and clear with a dynamic mic you're barely going to hear that train because a dynamic mic is going to be focused on what you have it pointed at and a dynamic mic even if it's pointed at something will only hear so far i can turn my head completely away from this microphone on my iPhone here and you're still going to hear me because this is a huge difference between condensers and dynamics we'll have a a bigger uh, rundown of that in a future episode of the podcast Uh, I think some of you will really be able to benefit from that right now though you are just hearing everything through the iPhone mic and I've got to you know I've got to shoot straight with everybody the microphone that you hear on voice memos this bottom microphone one of the best condenser microphones if not the best condenser microphone that I have ever used hands down It's brilliant. It sounds absolutely fantastic. 
generally you don't have a whole lot of plosives or breathing noise in it, although sometimes you can, depending on how the phone is held. You hear everything. You hear the train, you hear the radio, you hear the cane, you hear me talking. It's amazing. I remember a, a gentleman by the name of Bob Heil. And Bob Heil just tears down condenser microphones every, every chance he gets, every time he has the opportunity. He'll just tear them down. And he'll say condenser microphones are absolute trash. There's really no good for them at all. But to that end, as much as I respect Bob Heil, hang on a minute. Let me turn the radio this way. All right. Yeah, there we go. Oh, he's just loud by default. Okay, whatever. Let's put that back there then. All right. As much as I respect Bob Heil, K9EID, I think his call sign is, uh, I got to completely disagree with him on the whole condenser mic thing. Unless I can get a dynamic microphone, like a Heil PR40 or something, to adequately pick up an aircraft that is flying through the sky, at that point, I don't think a dynamic microphone would be really good. I mean, of course, we're going to give that a, a test with my... Sennheiser EA35 uh, in the coming weeks to uh, in, in the coming weeks just because you know I want to try it although I already know the results it's not going to work correctly at least not to the same degree as a condenser mic we're probably barely going to get any aircraft on the dynamic mic and that's just because a dynamic microphone. One three two eight seven American eight thirty three. A dynamic microphone is built more for the vocalist, like a singer or a news reporter, uh, voiceover artist. Whereas a condenser microphone is built for somebody who is, you know, out in the field who is recording birds, recording aircraft flying over, recording trains going by, uh, dynamic microphones are not, uh, designed to do things like that. They may be able to, to a degree, but that's not their design. That, that is not their purpose. A dynamic microphone, and here, here's another characteristic, a dynamic microphone does not require any phantom power. Phantom power is 48 volts. It goes into the microphone and powers it. A dynamic microphone through a uh, XLR cable. A dynamic microphone does not require that. A dynamic microphone gets its power from the XLR cable plugged into whatever. It could be a PA system. It could be a... Uh, 
computer uh, adapter system. It could be an iPhone, iPad, whatever. It doesn't matter. A XLR, uh, I'm sorry, a phantom, yeah, phantom power mic. A phantom power mic needs an external power source. Now, generally, this can be provided through an interface or a mixing console, but it needs that external power source, that extra 48 volts. Dynamics don't need that. Condensers do. But here's, here's the difference. A condenser microphone is built to pick up more. A condenser microphone, some may say, picks up too much. A dynamic microphone is very directional based. In other words, a dynamic microphone picks up what is in front of it. That's pretty much it. It may pick up some things off to the side. Some may pick up things behind them, but generally not very well if they do. So a dynamic a condenser microphone will pick up things from in front of it. It will pick up things from the side. Hello, 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 hello. You see, I just went from one side to the other side of this one little bottom mic on my iPhone. So, and that is a condenser mic. A condenser mic will pick up these things around it. Okay, I can even go behind the mic. Right, just like that. You can go behind the mic and the mic is still going to pick you up just fine. A, a, a dynamic microphone won't do that. So when, when Bob Heil says that condenser microphones are bad, I don't think he's taking into account the, 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 the use type, okay? Uh, and, and honestly, I just thought of this. I ought to email him and engage him in this kind of a conversation because I'm curious. If I emailed him and I said, hey, Bob, with all due respect, you know, your comments on condensers versus dynamics where you state that condensers are pretty much useless. I've got to disagree with that. And here's why, you know, can, uh, dynamic microphone isn't going to work well for something like, say, plane spotting. OK, I would be genuinely curious to know what his response would be to something like that. Yeah, Cleveland Lake, Charlie Echo, four, three, zero. I really would be. And, and again, you know, I, I want to watch that video again. And I'm sure there's a number of them. But I want to watch one of those videos where he's ripping on condenser microphones and he's saying that they're trash. Now, it has been years since I have watched that. So maybe I am misquoting him. And if I am... To all of my listeners and to Bob himself, I humbly apologize. But I don't think I am. I, I, I don't think I'm misquoting uh, his final uh, end uh, thoughts on condenser microphones. I, I think I'm pretty well characterizing his opinion. And again, I'm going to have to go back and, and, and watch his uh, basic analysis on 
condensers versus dynamics. And I may actually do that tonight because now I'm genuinely curious. It has absolutely been years since I've listened to that. Actually, before I knew the Lord, before I knew the Lord. Okay. Anyhow, let me uh, go ahead and check our time here. 19 minutes past the top of the hour, past the 6 o'clock hour in the evening as we continue this broadcast tonight, as we continue our plain evening, plain spotting. See, that right there is why I like the term plain, because I can make plain jokes and still be true to the idea of a plain spotter who spots aircraft of all kinds. Which is what I do. So I can have a little bit of fun at the expense of planes or plane pilots. They're kind of plain folk too. <clears throat> oh my. We're just plain crazy. So am I. I think there's uh, some construction happening somewhere in front of me. We won't be anywhere near that. But I thought I'd point it out. And again, a dynamic dynamic mic. A dynamic mic would not have picked that up, by the way. So. This will be interesting when we take this out into the field. The Sennheiser E835. And just see how well it does pick up things around me. But I'm telling you right now, it'll be vastly different. You're going to notice clearer audio, right? Clearer audio fidelity. Some of you may be thinking, is that even possible? Well, yeah, it is actually. So clear audio fidelity, but more directional by a long shot. Um, so just a fair warning and we're probably going to do a little bit of um, you know recording from an inside of the house uh, maybe on the iPad and switch it over to the iPhone you know we'll probably wind up doing our episode or episodes. Uh, on the iPhone, just because, well, the iPad is, the iPad's cumbersome to bring out and walk around with. Plus, I don't have data for the iPad, so I would have to stay, if I was using the iPad for uh, plane spotting, If I wanted to use it as my spotting tool, I'd have to stay within Wi-Fi. Or turn on my cellular hotspot and use that, which I'm not going to do. 
Because that would take up a whole bunch of data. Continuing our broadcast here in New Florence, Pennsylvania, Westmoreland County, as we continue our evening out spotting for aircraft of all kinds. Uh, I was speaking of aircraft reading last night on unmanned, free, high-altitude balloons. These are commonly used by organizations like NASA, the National Weather Service, amateur scientists, and even regular civilians who just have a fascination with uh, flight. And I was reading the uh, FAA dockets in part 101. Very, very, very interesting stuff. Especially the stuff that dates back all the way to like the 1960s. I, I was very fascinated when I was reading through that and I'm thinking, wow. You know, a lot of these rulings, the majority of these rulings actually from the 1960s, still stands today as law in 2022. Dockets from the 1960s. In 2022 still stands as federal law as far as the Federal Aviation Administration is concerned. You go and look at the... Um, for example, FAR 101 Section 15 has a docket in there from like 1963. It's it, it, it's it's wild. And honestly, I'm looking at that and I'm I'm going, you know, this is this is this is just as bad as the FCC. Maybe worse because. At least the FCC updates their uh, dockets into the 1980s, 1990s. The FAA says, oh, no, you know what? They were good enough for the 1960s. (laughs) And uh, we we have no reason to update these, so uh, we're going to keep them current on the books. Lost in the 1960s. But you know what? I kind of like that approach because if it isn't broken, why try to fix it? You know, I think too many times in government, we have a system where we say, oh, well, this needs fixing. Well, it isn't broken, right? It isn't broken. <laughs> oftentimes, oftentimes, it's the lack of logic on the, on the uh, anymore, the, the Democrats. Uh, the, the Democrats can't even figure out what is a woman. Uh, you know, I, I watch these videos where these Democrats are, you know, they're, they're just flailing for an answer when, when, when somebody says, well, what is a woman, a Democrat? Because, you know, they're trying to be so politically correct that they, they don't have an answer. They just don't. And I wish that it was made up. I wish that it was fake news. But it isn't. It's real. 
sometimes I, I have the idea of walking up to somebody on the street and asking them a question like that, but uh, I'd rather not get shot, you know? And I think that is a, uh, a definite possibility in today's day and age. So, we avoid that. Okay, where's this car going? Well, that guy didn't stop at stop signs. Guess he doesn't believe in that. That's a shame. I'm blind and I know to stop at stop signs. Come on. Whatever, though. Absolutely wonderful night, though. A wonderful night indeed. I can't tell you. We've, we've covered so many topics. There's so many different uh, cool things to hear on the radio there. <clears throat> I, I personally... I personally uh, enjoy hearing what these pilots are doing. And, you know... I'm honestly blessed beyond belief, blessed beyond all measure that the Lord has provided in, you know, the, the, the radio fascination that I have, even, even so, a way to hear uh, the pilots, a portable way, as a matter of fact. I remember listening to the pilots on my big radio that is the uh, satellite 750 and I remember thinking even then wouldn't it be cool to be able to walk around with a, a radio you know with a, a belt clip clip it to your pants or clip it to your shirt wherever connect that thing up and walk down the street and hear aviation I used to think, wouldn't that be awesome? Well, the Lord knew. And the Lord saw fit. See, that thing went off right on cue. <laughs> the Lord knew and the Lord saw fit for me to uh, have that exact setup in ways beyond which I could have never imagined. I just wanted a receiver. I didn't know that before I got a radio like this that the Lord would see fit for me to go flying and fall head over heels over this thing they call aviation. Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. And then I wind up getting a transceiver after I fly. I mean, you can't tell me that wasn't orchestrated. You can't tell me the Lord didn't have a hand in that. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, a lot of people would just say, oh, well, that's just coincidence. No, I disagree. 
That was the sovereign hand of the Lord working in my life. Nobody, nobody can convince me differently. You can tell me differently. And that is, you're right. But I know you ain't right. I know the hand of the, uh, the, hand of the Lord was with me in all this. And the hand of the Lord most definitely directed my steps. Most definitely directed my path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all these ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. That's out of Proverbs 3. I believe verses 5 through 6. If memory serves correct. I mean this radio, it's got everything from a squelch to a push to talk to a guard button to a lock to several different ways of scanning because it can also scan the bands it can do calm and VOR I mean wow that's a lot. You would think the radio costed over $1,000 with all those features. And by the way, it can still do more. <laughs> radio was 170 over at uh, Gulf Coast Avionics Amazon store. That's doing pretty good. It is the uh, Rexon RHP530. And by the way, they should be back in stock. For those of you who want to buy one, uh... A ham radio operator contacted me about them. His name was Jerry. And he said, hey, I want your radio. What is it? So I sent him a link and he goes, it's not in stock. So I do a little bit of research and found out it was supposed to be back in stock at the month of August. But these things tend to sell fast. These things are becoming more and more popular. And uh, it might be because of my podcast, actually. Um because I do mention these radios a good bit on the podcast uh, without shame, because you know what? It is a wonderful product. It is worth every penny. And, I mean, you might have to write in Chinese to talk to the uh, manufacturers of the radio because they're based out of Taiwan. But you know what? The radio itself works absolutely flawlessly. There were some guys that said, oh, well, I bought this radio and it was all static. Well, yeah, maybe. If you're living near a whole bunch of uh, power lines and you're living near a whole bunch of um, uh, interference that would specifically interfere with AM frequencies at and or between uh, 108 through 136, then... uh, yeah, you're going to have a hard time with with this radio. But that is true of just about any aviation radio you buy. There are radios that do have noise-canceling features. And this radio is no exception. It does have a, a noise-canceling feature. I personally don't use it. I don't have a need for it. But it is there. Um... The, the manual is pretty good on this radio, but honestly, I think it could have been written better. More along the lines of um, kind of making it more 
user-friendly for people who are looking at the text of the book because it is very uh, visual, very picture-based. And if you are blind, as I am, the manual to the radio, it really isn't that good at that point. The, the manual to the radio from the perspective of a blind person, it really does have a lot to be desired. But for those who can see it, and those who can make heads or tails of the um, images and, you know, the little arrows and stuff, then, then it really does become a, a wonderful, uh, valuable resource. It is uh, six minutes... I'm sorry, uh, six, uh, 35 minutes past six o'clock. We'll say 36 minutes past six o'clock now. Uh, as we continue this broadcast, and you know, usually I call it a podcast, but since we are editing virtually nothing out of today's episode, we're going to call it a broadcast uh, because... The only thing I'm editing out of here, I'm just going to shoot straight with you, is the beginning where I turn it on and the end where I turn it off. And that's just because I don't want voiceover coming through the broadcast. That's why. So. That is what we're doing. But we are going to have a couple of exciting episodes for you all. I'm very excited. I really am. I've been wanting a way of having a portable setup that I could bring my Sennheiser E835 around with me, you know, even if I'm going out to a picnic table and recording music. I used to do that a lot. Um, have a way that I could bring that with me. And just, you know, enjoy the feel of having a microphone in my hand again. I miss the days of being able to... Well, I, I remember, you know, Growing up, we had a karaoke thing, and I, I remember walking around with the microphone in my hand and talking into it, and you know, just having a blast. But uh, I miss the days of being able to use my Sennheiser anywhere in any place that I want. See, because I could use my Sennheiser right now, but I couldn't get out and walk around with it. The setup that I'm getting should make that a very tangible reality, not just a theory, but something that can be done in practice. And I will say this, it'd be kind of nice to be able to use it for like interviews on the streets. Um, So we'll see where all that goes. We'll see how all that plays out. Like I said, it's not going to be good for things like plane spotting. I'm already aware of that. Uh, 
But I am curious to know what Bob Heil would have to say. Um, you know, when it comes down to plane spotting, because he's out in, I think, so, uh, SoCal, ar- around that area of California. And I'd be genuinely interested in his thoughts when it came to the recording of aircraft. Wow, he's loud. Speaking of FedEx and UPS and USPS and things of that nature, we ought to have a podcast episode out by Saturday or Sunday with the new gear, if I didn't say that already. Probably won't be out uh, playing aircraft spotting with it um, for the first week or so. Then again, you never know. Descent now to 290 cross Kofax at 250. Oh, they just stepped on one another. that happens you know where two aircraft will key up at the same time and you and they're they're just stepping on one another it normally doesn't sound that good actually that was a a, a tame one if they're both really clear uh it's going to sound terrible <laughs> Simply a fact, y'all. Simply a fact.
this is something I've got to talk about because you never rightly know where the best place would be to put your volume when, when you're monitoring aircraft because these aircraft in general they don't have a uh, they, they don't have what's called a, uh, a gain system so some of the radio transmissions are quieter some of them are louder they don't have like a gain a gain compressor where everything's at you know one central unit of volume it honestly can be all over the place uh you get that even you know when when you're out uh and, and you're monitoring the uh, airport from like lax for example you'll even hear that there usually not so much at lax they're probably all using the the same uh headphones are probably all using Bose, but when you have the uh general aviation pilots you know some of them are using david clark some of them which by the way i i would i i would seriously consider a david clark uh headset some of them are probably using halos um and i kind of question the whole thing of halos because i hear number one that they're comfortable but the big thing when I take a look at like a Halo headset, they're decently priced at like three, four hundred. But when I take a look at a Halo headset, first of all, they're, it's not even a headset; it's earbuds. First of all, they are uh, noise blocking earbuds. Okay, and of course, they're aviation certified because they block uh, 90, dB, 90 dB or more. So you have these earbuds that you're wearing. Okay. So for one thing, it's not even a full-on headset, it's earbuds. That, for me, is, is questionable, although they are supposed to be really good, I'll give them credit. The other thing is, though, that concerns me is <clears throat> real thin wire, real breakable. So, I mean, you, you, you really have to... You know, you, you really have to be careful with your headset selection. But my point is, um, like, if, if you look at the exec jets, right? The exec jets, they're usually all roughly, keyword roughly, the same volume. Some are a little louder, some are a little quieter than, than, than one another. But your aviation that is generally your your um your, your general aviation, you know your, your and, and, and technically the exec jets like some of them fall under general aviation too. Um, but when I say general aviation at this point, I'm talking your smaller aircraft, your privately owned aircraft, like your your Cessnas, your Pipers, your you know things like that. Okay. So when I talk, see that that one was ultra loud, right? So I mean, you look at like your general aviation, like your Cessnas, your Pipers, your you know even even the helicopters, right? You know, 
uh, Robinson 44 or 22, you know, take, take your pick. You know, the, these smaller aircraft, many of the smaller aircraft are privately owned and they have whatever type of headgear the pilot wants to wear. When you look at a lot of the exec uh, jets, while some of those, if not a lot of them, being privately owned by, you know, big companies, big conglomerates, you know, big, big organizations, those have headgear that's paid for them. So they're all probably using, you know, the Boeing uh, headsets, all the top year, right? Unless, of course, you're working for somebody who's cutting corners, which is rare when it comes to you know, the air travel, because they want their people, especially if they're flying the president of the company, to be as safe as possible. So. Okay. I am going to go ahead and put this on pause for a minute. i got to run into the house. And uh, we will continue when I get back. Alrighty, I am back. Had to run into the house. And as they say, utilize the facilities. But we are back out here to continue our evening of plane spotting as we continue uh, recording another episode of the Brother Timothy Clark podcast. Trains off in the distance and dogs. I don't know where all those dogs are coming from. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, continuing our traversing down the uh, town sidewalk here. Now, see that? November Papa Golf, what I was talking about earlier with like the general aviation smaller aircraft, that's probably, and I'd have to look it up, but that's probably something like a Cessna or a Piper. And the private aircraft that are owned by private owners, you know, individuals, they're, they're using whatever headgear they want. And or I guess the lack thereof. Why you wouldn't use any headgears beyond me? I mean, your poor ears. But you know, if that's what people want to do, well, then that's on them. A couple of episodes ago, we talked about the flying e-bike, the flying paramotor e-bike. I don't know if you'd need headgear for that or not. The prop is in front of you instead of behind you and it's on the bike itself instead of on the frame behind your head so I don't know if you'd need a headset for that or not but I think I would use one kind of my thought anyway.
see now where this car is going. All right. American 578 flying somewhere I could look that up and be simple enough to do as we were talking earlier about the three different apps that I like and then I've also been talking to people about like the different gear that they should get for their recording studios. And honestly, ooh, 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 pebble in the shoe. Actually in the sandal. I'm wearing sandals out here. There we go. Um, what kind of gear they should get in the studio. And I'm usually quick to point out the fact that studio gear is very subjective. Because the idea of a studio itself is subjective. If, if I have recording equipment outside with me and it is good enough to, you know, record a podcast episode or it's good enough to uh, record a music track or it's good enough to record voiceover work or even a, a music track while you're outside doing some things. And it sounds professional, okay? You've got a studio setup. I tell people a lot, you know, a lot of the times today we talk about studios and, you know, we think, well, we need this, ta- this uh, computer and that hard drive and this microphone and that mixer and that rack of uh, speaker monitors and the truth of the matter is you don't need all that stuff to get a professional recording studio level sound you got guys who are using their iPhones and they're putting out quality beats they're putting out quality uh, instrumentations instrumentals even putting out you know quality lyric pieces all from their iPhone from no matter where they are so I think the idea of a professional studio is becoming less and less appealing as technology continues to develop which makes it possible to have a studio setup literally in the palm of your hand You know, you take a listen to this podcast episode, for example. If I don't make it a point of talking about the gear that I'm using, if I don't make it a point of saying, well, we're using the Rexon RHP 530, we're using the iPhone, we're, you know, if I don't make it a point of saying any of that, you listen to the podcast and you think, this is very well professionally done in an audio uh, 
format. I, I wonder what microphones this guy's using. I wonder what, uh, you know, radio setup this guy's using. But I tell you what radio setup I'm using. I tell you what microphones I'm using. And I'm sure a lot of people are shocked to find out of the simplicity that this podcast records through an iPhone or an iPad and then uploaded to Anchor. That's the podcast. That's literally the podcast. And before the... uh, Before the iPhone was commonly used, it was my Apple Watch. I would take the file from the Apple Watch, I'd, you know, have it synced to my phone, and I would then edit the recording made on the Apple Watch, and it would go and make it as a podcast episode. (laughs) It's a simple setup. Oftentimes, and, and, and this is something else that I tell people too, and it kind of sounds paradoxical, but let me explain. Sometimes less is more. Maybe a better way of putting it when we're talking of professional recording gear is sometimes less is best. Because when we're talking about sound quality, the sound quality that you get from the sound quality that you get from your iPhone sounds really good If you have a digital audio workstation that you can use to mix your file, not even so much edit it, although that can definitely play a part. But when you're mixing your file for like music production or podcast production or voiceover work or any number of things, you have to have a good digital audio workstation. And even something as basic as Audacity on a computer or on an iPhone, you know, you might use something like uh, Hakasai. Um, On a a Mac, you know, you might use something like a WavePad or even Audacity. There are so many ways of getting quality recording out of the gear that many people already have. But they still think, oh, well, I need to upgrade this, and I need to upgrade that, and I need to do this, and I need to do... No, you don't. You want to do this, and you want to do that. When, really, while it may improve your sound to do whatever it is that you want to do, the question is, by how much? And, is upgrading your sound worth the price? You know, when you're upgrading your studio... You always have to ask yourself the following questions. One, do I see myself using this piece of gear? And if so, how much? Okay, number two, over time, if I'm gonna be using this piece of gear on a regular basis, over time, will this piece of gear pay for itself? Right? 
And number three, is this piece of gear something that I need to make my studio more blank? Okay, so have a goal. Uh, maybe you want a more dry bones portable studio, as I have. Will this add to that? Right? Or will it take away from that? In other words, the goal that you have set for your studio. The goal that you have set for your studio will buying this piece of gear take away or add to the completion of that goal, right? Just some things to think about. And again, you know, you can have your own list of, of, of questions to ask, but keeping basics in mind like that Having a goal, whatever that is, maybe it's to, you know, make more music. Maybe, maybe it's to have more of a variety in your studio. Maybe it's even about studio size. Maybe it's about studio equipment. Whatever the case may be. Have a goal in mind. Don't be afraid to change the goal. But for the most part, you want to try to remain steadfast on that goal. But it's your studio, so it can change. Just, you know, be careful that changing your goal isn't done just so you can get a new piece of gear. It was like, you know, when I got my aviation radio, right? I wanted an aviation radio... This was after I flew, something that could both transmit and receive, right? And again, I never thought I'd get something like that, but the Lord had it in mind. And there's so many options. There's so many options that you can go with on a radio like that. So many different manufacturers. But you got to have an end goal in mind. You got to know what you're after in in the product before you actually put the money down to buy the product. So, just some things to uh, think about, you know, with music gear, um, podcast gear, whatever the case may be. Twenty-one minutes past seven o'clock here on this Thursday evening as we continue this uh, broadcast thing for our uh, evening of plane spotting. Uh, We go from topic to topic. What can I say?
I get people who tell me this is the most random podcast they've ever listened to, and that's okay. <clears throat> that is a point. I gotta move my phone in my hand, there's going to be better handling noise. <clears throat> there we go, that's better. Many of those uh, jet blew out flying around. Yep. Can't go wrong with, uh, you know, all these different uh, aircraft. I have a uh, couple of apps that'll do the the uh, radio squawks. If an aircraft does a uh, 7,800, 7,800, 7,800, seven, no, 7,800, 7,000, squawk, 7, 7, no. 7800. I don't remember. Anyway, if if, if the uh, I know it the moment I see it. If the squawk comes over and it's a uh, emergency squawk, I get notified. <clears throat> flight aware or not not flight aware. Flight radar 24 will do those and uh, so will plane finder. And we've talked before about the uh, apps the the go-to apps that i personally use for spotting so yeah and by the way there are more than just those three just fyi The antenna on my radio there just got caught in my shirt sleeve. <laughs> that doesn't happen every day. Just letting you all listen to the uh, aircraft communications there. Let you listen to that train there in the background. I love aircraft communications. I actually fall asleep to it. 
That's a true story. I fall asleep to aircraft communications on a regular basis. It's like if I did a survey, everybody would probably say, oh, I fall asleep to, you know, the TV or the radio. <clears throat> I could technically say I fall asleep to the radio too, but it's aircraft communications. <laughs> now, who does that? I, I doubt even pilots do that. Some might, though. That'd be an interesting enough survey to take amongst pilots. Maybe I'll make a Facebook post. Hmm. And oh, and then and then run the um, <clears throat> run the answers on an up and coming episode of the podcast. Hmm. You know that sounds like fun. It really does. That sounds like fun. Somebody there running a, a lawnmower, folks. That is not a paramotor. Kind of does have a similar sound. The paramotor sounds more like a weed eater than it does a lawnmower, though. I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta say that. Just on the record. I don't know that you probably could use a uh, paramotor, like a. You probably could use a lawnmower motor on a paramotor. Not sure why you would do that, but uh, yeah, you probably could. Sounds like a lot of uh, aircraft are uh, on their way to, um, I think that's an Allegheny County frequency that they're giving, 13517. 135175 is the, uh, the, the frequency. Switch hands here. You know, that's one advantage of being blind. I don't have to look at the screen. I can just press the buttons and know what buttons I'm hitting. And then, you know, if I want to go back to another frequency or something, 
can do that. It's one three five one seven five on the radio there. There is yet, yet, there is yet another train. And I'm going to go ahead and take us back to our our frequency here that we were listening to, because I I like that one better. It's my happy frequency. I don't know why. I just like this frequency. I think it's mostly because of no matter where I go, and again, pardon the handling noise, I think it's because no matter where I go, I'm always hearing stuff on it, and that makes me happy. I mean, I could go all the way halfway across the state and almost undoubtedly hear something on this frequency. This frequency, 132125, if you go to your uh, sectional chart and you look up the coverage for this frequency, it is huge. I think it's actually bigger than 119725. And yes, I'm talking for uh, my area. But even so, like if you're in a different state... I can almost guarantee you'll have a 132125 one, one, three, one, on your uh, sectional. And it probably does. It's one of those frequencies. It just seems like it covers a whole bunch of uh, territory. You know, I can't comment so much for out of state, but here in Pennsylvania, oh man, that's a that's a big uh, frequency coverage uh, map there. You could look that up on uh, oh, what, what's that website? Um, I have a premium account there too. Radio Reference, duh. You could look it up on Radio Reference and. I'm not sure if Radio Reference has any maps, but if it doesn't, then you could probably always check the amazing folks over at airnav.com. I love the AirNav website. They have, by the way, over at AirNav, They have some type of a um, radar nav thing that they run. Not sure if that's supposed to be like an aircraft tracking thing, <clears throat> part of the Airboss suite, if that helps.
but I'm really not sure. Really not sure at all. I know I really do like the um, AirNav newsletter, but I think the FlightAware newsletter is better. Just saying. I'm a little bit biased though. I guess. But I think to a degree we all are. You know, we all have our favorite newsletters or our favorite software suite or, you know, whatever the case may be. Now, 35 minutes past the top of the hour. So we continue on with our evening of plane spotting. Like I said, though, folks, virtually no editing will be done on this episode. Looking forward to hearing how all of this comes out as we seek to do the longest episode of the podcast. Not the longest podcast episode ever, though, because I think that was, like, 36 hours. Somebody did an episode of their podcast for, like, 36 hours, and I think the Guinness World Book of Records had to come in, or not, come, come in on it and uh, check it out or some crazy thing like that. Not sure how that would work. <clears throat> I mean, do you record for 36 hours straight or do you just put up a podcast episode for 36 hours? You know, because it'd be pretty simple to throw, you know, a number of episodes together and then just say, oh, well, this is, you know, a 70 hour long episode or, you know, whatever else the case may be. So uh, very... um, Interesting. Maybe, maybe I ought to get in the Guinness World Book of Records for the longest uh, podcast um, episode. Or podcast with number of episodes. That'd be interesting. Podcast with uh, largest amount of episodes. What would that be? A couple of thousand episodes? We, we could do that. Seriously, I mean, that's an ambitious goal, but when you're over 140 episodes already and your podcast is going strong, yeah, I think a thousand, it's going to take a couple of years to do, but that definitely, 
definitely is not out of the question. And that's definitely something within the uh, realm of possibility. I don't know though, does how how would you qualify for podcast a podcast with a certain number of episodes because or would it be the longest running podcast? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. That'd be a podcast for 72 hours or a podcast that you record for an entire week I don't know UPS 2132. I wonder if they have my package on board. <clears throat> they might. Well, no. No, it's USPS, not UPS. That does matter. The package that I'm referring to is the uh, USB to XLR cable. Or XLR to USB cable. However you want to put it. About 20 minutes until the top of the hour. I guess I should be talking and saying stuff, but, uh, you know, when you've been doing a episode for, oh, over an hour and a half, I'd say, you kind of lose track of what you've already talked about and or you have nothing more to say. So, (laughs) y'all go ahead and uh, listen to the uh, sounds around us for a little bit. Something will come up. And we'll get to talking about something. I mean, I guess that's before or after I trip off the sidewalk, which just almost happened. It's a good thing that I have a cane here. You get a lot of people who wonder, like, you know, why a 
blind person uses a cane and the fact of the matter is, well, safety. If I wouldn't have had a cane, I would have fallen off the sidewalk. <clears throat> Admittedly would have been amusing to have filmed, but it probably wouldn't have felt that good. I'm just saying. Just saying. Now, why did I just step on there? That didn't sound good, whatever it was. That aircraft is far out. Far out, dude. I feel like there's a bug or something crawling in the back of my neck. Yeah. Right then. There we go. Anyway, though, cane is for safety. I even have other blind people that ask, well, isn't it crazy to be out like walking on your own? And I'm like, not if you have good mobility skills, you know, you have good mobility skills. It's like, okay, let's go. As long as you got a good cane, good tip for the cane, good mobility skills, you are good to go. Don't worry about the traffic. Like, even if you got to stand on a corner for 10 minutes waiting for the traffic to get quiet for you to feel comfortable enough to cross, that's okay. Well, we had no aircraft flying over this evening, unfortunately. Uh, I guess it, well, I guess it was a uh, pretty plane free evening, or I could say pretty plain evening, depending on what plane I'm using. <sighs> but uh, no aircraft thus far. We will continue this until 8 o'clock. It is 45 minutes after 7 o'clock. So just a couple more minutes to go here before we reach tonight's end of the episode. And I do hope that everybody has enjoyed the episode thus far we're continuing on with the recording of tonight's episode until 8 o'clock which is only a couple more minutes from now about 15 14 13 more minutes from now we will have this podcast episode wrapped up But until then, we continue recording in the hopes that uh, there will be an aircraft that flies over. Uh, 
and we are able to get that recorded. In the meantime, as we still have a couple of more minutes, and by the way, I should I should just make note here. The podcast episodes, they are not scheduled, so we technically don't have to end at 8 o'clock. Okay. I have just personally set up a time uh, limit here just because I do have a ham radio net that I want to check into at 8 o'clock. And that ham radio net at 8 o'clock is something that I try to check into, but I will sometimes miss due to, uh, you know, I may be recording an episode or, you know, I just may have something else going on. Um, and that's okay. But I do want to try to check in to tonight's net. Um, there is nobody scheduled to run tonight's net that I know of. And unfortunately, if nobody runs the net, we will have a day uh, where the operators are not operating on Echolink and communicating with one another. I don't like doing that because it's our youth and I think we should give our youth every opportunity to communicate with one another. And so I I try to get on the radio and encourage our youth to check in to these nets. But more than that, I want our youth to run the net. And so I just try to encourage them like, hey, you know, such and such. And I'm not going to name the names on the podcast just out of respect. Um, but, you know, hey, such and such, do you want to run tonight's net? You know, if I see their call sign and name pop up on my uh, Echo Link screen. Key up and be like, hey, I see such and such on. You've ran a net before or the net before, you know, whatever. Do you want to run this? that tonight because you know Ed isn't here um usually he is and that's KG8 CX Kilo Golf 8 Charlie X-Ray you can look him up um He is one of the Yacht uh, founders. Uh, Yacht is the Young Amateur Communications ham team. So. As an adult member, I try to be there to encourage our youth. To kind of, you know, get out of their shell and operate the net or, you know, just be themselves on the radio, you know. So here at 8, we are going to end the podcast. We may be a little after 8, 
just because I do want to give the you know or younger operators the time to figure out who is going to be running the net and who isn't uh but uh we are going to definitely be ending around eight o'clock so <clears throat> and i realize that this isn't live and it's going to sound like this is a lot of hubbub for something that isn't live but I'm treating it like it's live because at the time of this recording, it technically is live. I'm just not editing out the things that I would usually edit out. You know, and I can do that because this was live at one point. It happened at one point, right? But, you know, with edited podcast episodes, sometimes it's like, okay, did that really happen? You know? So sometimes I just make these episodes where it's unedited, almost completely unedited. So, and today, here on this episode, what is it, 144, 144th episode? Today <clears throat> is one of those days, and this is one of those episodes. So, these ones are kind of nice, you know, more, more laid back. take a moment to check our time speaking of time 1952. okay <clears throat> so we have a little less than 10 minutes to go for this episode of the podcast figure if anybody wants to be on the podcast they can come talk to me because I'm not editing <laughs> I'm going to take five minutes out of my night to edit the beginning, the end, and where I pause the episode. That's it. The rest is unedited. So, what you get is what you get. And what happens, happens. (laughs) I have fun with these episodes, and frankly... I'm going to be looking at doing more of these because I find that it is absolutely less work on me, first of all. But another thing is, you know, when I go back and I listen to the ultra-edited episodes, it's like there's stuff missing, right? On the other hand, if I have an unedited, you know, almost completely unedited episode. It's like, it's more organic. I can go way back in memory lane, you know, 10 years from now and be like, oh yeah, I did this because, you know, I left the episode completely, you know, just about completely unedited. And this was the course of events that led up to blank. You know, so. 
It is some fun stuff, that is for sure. That is for sure. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and end tonight's episode with our usual outro, of course. And that usual outro sounds something like this. If you have any... Whoa, that grass is long. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, complaints, feel free to go ahead and send those to me via email. My email address is timothyclarkmusic at me.com. Once again, that email address is timothyclarkmusic at me.com. My website address for more information, links, resources, and the like is available. Is available. And again, bloopers, you usually wouldn't hear those on the podcast either, but we're unedited tonight, is available online 24 hours a day. You know what? Let me just go ahead and do this whole thing over again. Again, this is what you usually don't hear on the podcast. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, complaints, feel free to go ahead and send those to me via email. My email address is timothyclarkmusic at me.com. Once again, that email address is timothyclarkmusic at me.com. My website address for, with links, comments, resources, I'm all over the place tonight. And the, the, my website is timothyclarkmusic at me.com. Wait a minute, that, that's my email. <laughs> my website address is timothyclarkmusic.wordpress.com. Once again, that website address is timothyclarkmusic.wordpress.com. And my name is Timothy, thanking you for listening to yet another episode of the Brother Timothy Clark podcast. Uh, With bloopers and all, because there are no bloopers for this podcast episode. It is what you get, is what I said. Unedited, folks. Unedited. And these episodes are fun because you can hear my goofiness. And uh, you get the real unedited, unfiltered me. But hey, I just ended the episode, so why am I still talking? Take care, everybody. And join us next time for another episode of the Brother Timothy Clark Podcast. Peace.